to Saltwater Lake Water, college tales from coast to coast. I'm Jordan Pear, journalist, broadcaster, and junior at Hillsdale College in Michigan. And I'm Hannah McConaughey, business major and writer. I'm a junior at the University of Washington in Seattle. Jordan and I have been friends since eighth grade. Although our personalities are similar, our backgrounds are not. I'm from small town Michigan. And I grew up on an island near Seattle. My school is small and conservative. And my school is large and liberal. We're here to talk about our college experiences, what brings us together, and sets us apart. Welcome to the third episode of Saltwater Lake Water. So, fun fact, in a plot twist way more exciting than UW beating Washington State this weekend in our rivalry football game, Saltwater Lake Water is now on iTunes, which we are so excited about. So, like, go subscribe and stuff. (laughs) I already subscribed, so you will not be the first, but second place is still good, too. (laughs) Okay, and we have, like, personal life updates as well. So, Hannah, why don't you start us off on that as well? So, after six weeks of very exhausting and a little bit stressful formal fall recruiting for corporate internships for next summer, I am so thrilled and relieved to have accepted an offer, and I signed all the paperwork next week. And we will actually be talking more about that on a future kind of internship-centric podcast episode we'll do. So I will name drop away then, but for now, we're going to keep that under wraps. And I also have some very um, exciting personal news in that I went and joined a sorority, which I think is something that nobody really expected. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I joined the Kappa chapter of the sorority Kappa Kappa Gamma at Hillsdale College. So it's very fun, very exciting um, if a little bit surprising for a lot of my Lots friends. Of sweatshirts. <laughs> Actually, I'm wearing letters right now. So, yeah. Throw what you know. They're always gl- repping. They're glittery gold, which I feel like you'll appreciate, Hannah. I do deeply appreciate that. And we also have – well, we don't, but there's <laughs> larger news than this and that Taylor Swift, like, released Reputation, which I think is something that we are both just – stoked for kind of changed my life not gonna lie (laughs) but Hannah you were really really into like the conspiracy theories behind this so I would just like to preface this by saying I love Taylor Swift way back in like this um self-titled album days I was all about the country vibe I was all about the pop vibe I was all about the kind of country pop vibe like I am very, very loyal, and I'm so hyped for this album, which I kind of thought would never come until the day she deleted all her social media off the internet. Everyone thought she got hacked or was, like, leaving the show biz forever or something like that, and then dropped that mysterious, like, strobe light, black and white, overly filtered video of what we now know as a snake, but we're not sure was a snake at the time, and... Jordan and I were actually kind of together during the buildup of all this, and she got to hear all my reenactment of BuzzFeed's conspiracy theory compilations, <laughs> like the black of her website, <laughs> like the black of Taylor Swift's website, which had also gotten wiped, was not just like zero zero zero. The color code had like different numerals in it that people were analyzing to make some kind of coded word or a track list or a date or something like that. Um, There were all these people speculating that it was about dragons and it was like Game of Thrones related, especially because Ed Sheeran, her best friend, had been on Game of Thrones recently. People thought it was related to the eclipse because that was coming up. 
Um, once Look What You Made Me Do dropped, there were even more. But actually, Jordan and I were together when Look What Me Look What You Made Me Do came out, which was a miracle in and of itself. Thank you, Taylor, for making sure that was the case. <laughs> Obviously, that was the case. Um, it was all planned by Taylor. I I will say that the hex code conspiracy theory is probably my favorite, just because it's like who would think to check that? Honestly, I, I was know. super impressed. I thought it could be legit <laughs> for that exact reason. <laughs> It was. It's like such a minute detail and I <coughs> I love it. Um. So when that first single dropped, I actually kind of pulled a 180 and was like, oh, this album is going to be the worst. I did not like the song. I did not appreciate the repetitive lyrics. I had been so excited and it just felt like a bit of a letdown. But Jordan was into I mean, it. So it gave me a little bit of hope. I wasn't super, super into Look What You Made Me Do. I mean, I did like it. I definitely liked it more than you did. But um, I really, I I liked it because it. I knew what it like meant. Like I, like more would come of that kind of edgelord vibe. So like I liked the direction she was going, if that makes sense. And I think regardless of what you think of the actual musical song itself, it did exactly what it's supposed to do and was subtle, like – it was so dramatic. It made such a splash. It stirred up so much buzz for the album, put her way back in the spotlight, which she had basically vanished from for the last three years. And I think in that way, it was very clever of her. Yeah, she's a marketing genius. I absolutely love the way she marketed this album and kind of built up the suspense. Like, I'm not really one to get into that kind of stuff. You know, I like I like artists, but I don't get into conspiracy theories and like follow their personal life. But this one definitely had me like on on my toes, like waiting for it. Um, I was definitely really excited when it dropped. <coughs> the suspense was. was real. So let's talk about like the actual album itself, which I feel like does warrant a lot of discussion. So me too. So personally, my favorite song is Endgame, which is the second track. And if you had told me two months ago back when all this hype kind of started that I would be really into a song that featured Ed Sheeran rapping for an entire verse I would have told you you were crazy but Taylor Swift a musical genius like somehow pulled it off and I am kind of a little bit obsessed with it is that your favorite I really love Endgame. I really love Getaway Car. I love Dancing with Our Hands Tied. And New Year's Day is just like the sweetest, coziest, most mellow song. And that one's one of my go-tos also. See, all your favorites are kind of on the opposite side of what mine are and kind of like the different styles of this album. Because I feel like there are two very distinct styles. So it's this kind of like very sweet, mm-hmm. almost 1989 kind of Taylor that's showing up. But there's also this new edgier Taylor which I really like and so like my favorites um are more along the lines of like this is why we can't have nice things um or um I did something bad I think I basically switch off between those two songs for this entire album like that's all I listen to is I did something bad and this is why we can't have nice things so you know how when you like really love a song you like stare out your window and you pretend you're in a music video like singing along like in like ABC Family's like 2013 movies. I feel like when I like lip sync along to those songs like I did something bad. I just feel very poser. <laughs> I'm like 
I did not. Like, I follow the rules. I'm a good person. the song on a spiritual level. But, oh, no. I definitely really like those. Like, I don't know. I I feel like I could be in a music video, but it's definitely more like it has the like the low angles when you're like the hip hop dance number. Like I feel like that's what these songs deserve. Very almost like two thousands yeah. kind of style. <laughs> I mean, I'm here for it. Like bring it back. The two thousands are back twenty years later. <clears throat> I was actually watching two thousands um music videos earlier. And they are terrible. Why did we let this be considered art? Honestly. Listen, maybe Taylor can bring it back and make it artier. I would not be surprised. So actually, let's talk about the music videos for this album. Because she's released a couple. Um, So she's Mm -hmm. done, what, Ready Ready For It? And um, what was the other one? Yeah. Look What You Made Me Do. Is Gorgeous out yet? I think that she only has two out. Oh, no, JK, there's one that she released it. Yeah, so there's, like, lyric videos, but the only two that are out are ready for it, and look what you made me do. Okay, lyric videos don't count. No. Hang on, I didn't really watch ready for it very closely, so I'm, like, fast-forwarding through it real quick. (coughs) I mean, that was the one that had, like, the two Taylors, right? Yeah, the one that's, like, the Kermit meme. I mean, that wasn't what I thought when I saw it, but okay. Uh, two figures, one of, in, one of them in, like, a black hood. Like, if that wasn't a meme reference on purpose, I deeply believe it was subconscious. I think, <laughs> <clears throat> I think you just see memes everywhere, honestly. Aren't memes actually everywhere, though? (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I actually really, really loved the Look What You Made Me Do music video. I thought it was very clever. And the BuzzFeed article (laughs) about all the hidden, like, Easter eggs definitely convinced me that there was way more thought put into this than there probably actually was. But I was here for it anyway. And then – Well, what I think is really interesting about Taylor Swift is – I think the way she engages her fan base has always been very kind of Nancy Drew-esque. Like, think about all those secret messages and the liner notes of her past albums. She's been very coy about who the songs are all about, which means people will hunt down every scrap of evidence they can find to make a case about, oh, it's Joe Jonas or Taylor Lautner or Jake Gyllenhaal. And I think all those Easter eggs you mentioned that obviously like BuzzFeed pounced on right away and then Look What You Made Me Do music video made it that much more fun for fans and that much more likely to last in the media cycle i mean yeah that does make sense i don't know i just thought it was like clever like i didn't get ready for it like ready for it actually felt like i remember like walking away from that video and going there's more to this like this is a setup for other music videos like this is going to be a reoccurring character you know what i mean like some artists do that they'll have like three music videos that kind of all tied together and like that's what it felt like for me so if it's not that, I'm going to be really disappointed. It kind of felt like one of those really weird, like, existentialist movies to me, like where Scarlett Johansson, like, discovers that she's only using 1% of her brain and then, like, she uses more and more and there's something about, like, enlightenment, like, the kind of spooky, like, weird electric bodysuit she was wearing towards the end gave it a sci-fi feel to me. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't, like, a huge fan of it, but 
you know. There's that scene where like electronic bodysuit Taylor and black cape Taylor are standing right in front of each other. And I swear to goodness, if that's not literally a reference to the Kermit meme, I think subconsciously she meant it to me. <laughs> like there was some serious inspiration there. Um, this is a conspiracy theory that I support. So Kermit meme, Taylor Swift. I'm going to email BuzzFeed immediately about this. Okay. I think that's enough Taylor Swift. Um, so let's move into the actual college portion of our show. Um, so Hannah, what are we comparing this week about our schools? This week, we are chatting about city life versus country life, which has been a debate for millennia, which we are gladly lending our perspectives to. And I will say, I truly do believe it's a very, very different experience going to college somewhere metropolitan versus somewhere rural. So you, you're you in Seattle. You're in Seattle, and that's that's a lot. That's a yeah. big city. But okay, I feel like there's a lot so, of <laughs> many different versions of country. So can I like just define exactly how country Hillsdale is first? Okay. Go for it. Um, <laughs> We're basically surrounded by farmland. Like, we're not suburbia country. <coughs> we're not, like, suburbia country. Like, oh, there's, like, a park. And, you know, there's, like, a little trees. Like, no, like, Hillsdale's in the middle of nowhere. Absolute nowhere. So, like, you drive through farmland to get there. Occasionally, we smell cows on campus, that kind of stuff. So, Cow. Did you just say cows on campus? Yes. Like, you – like, the wind blows in the right direction and you smell manure at 3 in the afternoon. And you're like, why is this my life? Occasionally. Occasionally. I mean, once in a while, I see, like, a rat in an alley. Okay. One time I was in – I got through almost the entire summer of D.C. without seeing a rat. And I saw one the last week. And, like, I was really upset. So I think that just convinces me that I could never go to school in a city. I mean, it took me three years to see one, which felt like a real accomplishment at the time. But I will say, yeah, like we have alleys, we have traffic, we have, at least in Seattle, a ton of construction going on right now. Seattle in particular is a really fast growing city, which means that a couple of these issues are only going to get worse in the short term before they figure out how to fix our massive traffic issue and our massive like lack of housing issue and things like that. So like earlier today, I had to deal with a ton of construction noise and things like that. Or if you're trying to get anywhere during rush hour, either in the morning or the afternoon, like you're going to have to take your sweet time getting wherever it is you want to go. So because we're in like farmland, essentially, um, one of the things I really like about our campus is is that there's actually kind of like a lot of nature, I guess you could say. Um, Like we definitely have a lot of trees, a lot of grass, like the quad. Um you know, is fairly large, but like more than just on campus, like you can go, um, like there's a state park nearby and you can go on hikes and, you know, people go camping and stuff like that. Um, so you can definitely feel more kind of in touch with, you know, nature and just kind of like the actual outdoors, which I feel like you can't really in a city, um, without going like super far away. Um, and, but the problem, with that is that we don't really have a lot of public transportation and when I say we don't really have a lot of I mean I think there's a taxi that you can call from a couple towns over like we don't have buses we don't have uber um so really if you want to get anywhere (coughs) really if you want to get anywhere you have to have a car which and I don't and that's a problem often because I have to like 
beg people for rides or ask them if I can borrow their car. So like going in, like getting groceries or if I have to do an errand downtown, like in the middle of the day, like it just, it can be a little bit more cumbersome because you can't really get there easily. So. And I will say part of what they're trying to do to combat like Seattle's traffic issue and just in cities in general, our public transportation is really, really great. We have the light rail, we have buses, we also have like Uber and Lyft here, which is super convenient when you don't want to wait for either of those other two modes of public transportation, or you just want to go somewhere, you know, a little more upscale and you're all dressed up and you don't want to worry about walking to the station or walking to the bus stop or getting your shoes wet, which is really nice. And what I also really like about living in the city in general is you can take all that different public transportation to different areas of the city. Because when you're as big as Seattle is or as big as cities are in general, I feel like different little neighborhoods and areas have super different personalities. So it's really fun to explore. There's kind of something for everyone. In Seattle, if you're really into the beach, you can go to West Seattle and see Alki and Golden Gardens. If you want to do the more touristy upscale stuff, you head downtown. Ballard is super cute and quirky. Fremont is very like hippie and free spirited and there's like weird statues everywhere. It's something I've really enjoyed, like getting to know the city better and finding my own favorite parts and hidden gems. And it's super fun to do with friends. Like one of my best friends and I have this coffee shop bucket list we're trying to work through or I'm trying to kind of brunch my way through Seattle, which has been a blast. Let me tell you, so delicious. And that kind of variety is just something I knew I really wanted from my college experience. Yeah. The thing is, there's not really a ton of variety in Hailsdale, mostly because it's super small only because it's super small. <laughs> um, but I will say that the town has a lot of personality on its own. You just don't get like different personalities, if that makes sense. Um, so we definitely don't have like different parts of town that, you know, have that kind of different feel. So it is very monotone. It can feel kind of dull sometimes. But I will say that like one of the nice things about living in a small town um, or like going to school in a small town, I guess, is you definitely get those weird quirks that I really don't think you get anywhere else. Um, so like w- one thing that I'm talking about, like in particular, is like we have this um, breakfast place that's open. What it's like only at night. It's really weird. It's like and it's weird because it's like in a small town. Like the demand for this would not be that big. It's mostly like drunk college kids in there at one a.m. and they only take cash. And like it's like the most like greasy spoon kind of food, but it's great and I love it. Um, or like there's a place, a couple towns over. So obviously it's like a 45 minute drive to get there, but whatever. <coughs> um, again in a small town, and it's a donut shop that is also only open at night. Um, except that one's a little sketchy, so I'm not sure if that's like super endearing small town, but <laughs> um, but there's definitely it's really easy to get involved in the community as well. Like people, and it might be people like go to church and stuff like that, um, and know each other and you know things like that. I will say, especially if you're not moving from a city to another city, or even if you're moving, you know, like just away from home for the first time, I think it can be a lot easier to feel at home if your college is in a small town because you kind of settle in and feel like you know the area and all your favorite spots, whereas a city can be kind of overwhelming. Yeah, definitely if you want that really strong campus life, I feel like going um, going to school in kind of like the country because it's so isolated. Your, your campus is isolated and so you have to make, you know, have to make good friends on campus. You can't just kind of all branch out and like go to different city spots. 
Although I will say that brunching your way through the city sounds amazing. And I'm very jealous. <laughs> okay, but this begs the this begs the question, what is your favorite brunch spot so far? So for those of you in Seattle, I do love Portage Bay Cafe and all my friends know it. But in terms of just sheer quality of breakfast food, I'm going to have to go with Glow's, which is this been around forever, hole in the wall place in Capitol Hill, like off the main avenue, kind of tucked away, kind of dingy, very small, but the eggs are absolutely incredible. I'm obsessed. What makes them so great? Eggs are eggs. I don't want to know. I don't care. I'm just there for it. I will say that is the sketchiest thing that I've heard. And this is coming from a girl who's eating donuts from a place that we're pretty sure is like money laundering. I have willingly stood outside in the cold for like an hour and a half waiting to get into this place. So at this point, like nothing they can do can really turn me this off. I'm a loyal dedicated fan. to her brunch. Ride or die. Okay. <clears throat> so like what's the takeaway though? So who belongs in each environment, I guess you could say. So I'd say the city is a great fit for you if you always want to have something to do, whether that's like poetry readings or concerts or art museums or different restaurants to try out. If basically you want kind of a whole life off campus, but I would say be careful because A, it can be super overwhelming when you get there. And even once you're settled in, like as a junior, I still have so much FOMO because I see all my friends going out doing all these super cool different things. And obviously, there's just not enough time in the day on top of schoolwork and if you have a job or something like that to do it all. So just keep that in mind. Like those Snapchat story, like FOMO feelings might be like kind of a struggle. And you should go to school in a country um, if you really value campus life and access to nature. So, I mean, obviously, not every like country school is quite as isolated as mine is. Um, but if like outside of a city is kind of what I'm saying. Um, if you, if you really do value building those strong relationships on campus um, and kind of making that your world and like the friends and activities that are available there. Um, and once again, like if you really like um, hiking or just really being outside and away from dust and noise and construction. Okay, and it's time for the final section of what we love and what we love to hate. So Hannah, take it away. One of the things I'm loving recently is a mockumentary series that Netflix recently made that is both a satire of the true crime genre that's been so popular in American media recently and also kind of a love letter to it because instead of following like an actual murder or like an actual crime, the criminal who they're kind of questioning the innocence or guilt of is a high school student who has been expelled for spray painting 27 penises on cars in the teacher's parking lot. And the investigators are not like NPR journalists or like the New York Times. They're two other kids at this high school who think that the way this kid went down for this crime is like a little bit sketchy. So they spend eight 45-minute episodes basically going through witnesses and evidence and creating timelines and they're so serious about it and it's so pitch perfect every single detail even though the actual story itself is unbelievably silly 
that I'm 100% like a mega fan of this show. It's based on another show, right? It's like, isn't it based on like how, how to make a murder or something like that? I wouldn't say based on like the serial podcast, for example, made a huge splash when that came out. Um, Making of a Murder has made a huge splash. The O.J. Simpson kind of retrospective, basically just how interested people seem to be in like true crime right now after like seasons and seasons of the fictional Law and Order. And I think Netflix saw an opportunity not only to ride the wave of that, but also make fun of it a little bit tongue in cheek that they took it, ran with it, and the result is beautiful. And what are you hating, Hannah? So I updated to iOS 11. Huge mistake, first of all. (laughs) Because when you take a screenshot, which I do about 25 times a day, like mostly to text me, mostly to text Jordan, there's a little like icon of the screenshot itself that hovers in the left hand of your screen. And we're trying to screenshot something quickly and text it to someone else. It blocks part of your keyboard. So if you want to send any part of message like along with it, you have to like ignore the Z and the C and the V, the ASDF, like try to type around it or wait the agonizing three to five seconds it takes for it to disappear. And it drives me insane. This is the pettiest thing I've ever heard. And I love it. I love that this is what you're hating right now. Well, I hate it. So hopefully they release a new update. (laughs) Apple really did miss the mark with this update, didn't they? Well, I appreciate the new emojis, but I would appreciate less other annoying things to counteract that positivity. Okay. Um, One thing that I am really loving right now um, is running a couple of the radio shows that I run at school. So I'm in charge of three, three to four-ish radio shows slash podcasts um, at my school's radio station and just lately that's been really fun for me um, just to kind of get an inside look at radio so um, yeah I have this one um, called Misinformed that I produce and that's been especially fun because the girls are just really like upbeat and fun to work with um, and it's just a like a comedy show so it's um, it's very lighthearted, and I like that <coughs> It's like automatically yes. a good time. Um, and I'm also what I'm um, one thing I'm also loving right now, um, or I guess what I'm getting excited for are my classes next semester. Um, so we've already registered, and I'm in this class called Elements of a Talk Show, and I'm just I am completely stoked for it. Just one hundred percent ready to take this class. If you don't discuss in class, Tyra Banks short-lived talk show i'll be so angry i didn't know it existed until about three seconds ago so now i know what i'm binging for the rest of the night thank you well at last you see the light (laughs) and i think one thing i'm hating right now is just the fact that i have been sick for two and a half weeks i get bronchitis every semester and i'm currently fighting it and i'm just i'm done i'm done being sick i'm done coughing i want a bag of 200 cough drops 200 how many are left is the real like 10 like, honestly, about 10. And I bought it, like, a week ago. So I'm kind of alarmed. <laughs> I think we all should be. <clears throat> but that about wraps us up, I think. So thank you for listening to the third episode of Saltwater Lake Water. I'm Jordan Pear. And I'm Hannah McConaughey. You can find the show notes at saltwaterlakewater.com. There's also bios, photos, and some blog posts that are coming soon. 
You can email us at saltwaterlakewater at gmail.com or use the contact form on the website. You can follow us again. You can follow us on SoundCloud again under Saltwater Lake Water and now on iTunes. So subscribe there. We're very excited about it. Stay with us as we try to figure it all out. And remember, we're all just learning how to sink or swim. Okay, everyone who knows me thinks that I'm going to say Portage Bay Cafe, which is excellent. But in terms of like sheer quality glows, which is this hole in the place, hole, hole in the place, <laughs> just like any particular place. I swear to God, if you edit that in at the end, I'm going to be so 